Readers Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Hello, everyone. It's spring. Are you feeling springy? It's kind of gray out where I am right now, but I'm hoping it will warm up. And if you aren't warm yet, you are going to be after you meet Mika James. I'm so excited for you to meet her. She's one of my friends who I write with, and you guys all know that I get excited when it's people that I know coming on the show. I can't wait for you to meet Mika. And if you haven't read her yet, you're in for a treat. Her contemporary romances are going to melt your heart and curl your toes, and it was just a really good feel-good read. So if you haven't met Mika yet, I'm going to read her bio so you can get to know her. Mika James is a writer of adult contemporary and erotic romance, a born and raised Georgia peach. She still resides in the southern state with her hubby of 16 years and counting, mom to four kids of the two-legged variety. She also has four fur babies of the canine variety, plus Leo the turtle and Spade the snake rounds out her wacky household. When not writing or reading, Mika can be found playing The Sims 3, sometimes Sims 4, and making up fun stories to go with the pixelated people whose world she controls. You can learn more about Mika at her website, and I did put a link right there. So if you're listening live or if you're listening later, click that, and you can find out what's next, what's coming up next. You can sign up for her newsletter, and I think she has a blog over there too. So go check that out. And without any further delay, Mika, are you there? I am. Yay, I'm so excited to have you on. So you have a new book that just came out this weekend, Renovation of Love. Do you want to tell everybody about it, why they need to go grab it right now? Yes. So Renovation of Love is the first book in my new small town series, Love on Madison Island. And it is about three lifelong friends or since childhood who are finding new love or rekindled love later in life because all of the leads in the um, in the book are in their 40s. And so Renovation of Love kicks it off, and it's a second chance romance with my first heroine, Cynthia, returning home after being away for 25 plus years, 25 years, yeah, being away for 25 years and coming back home after losing her job, and she's turning a house that she inherited from her aunt into a bed and breakfast. And the boyfriend she left behind all those years ago is the construction guy who has to help make her dream a reality. Oh, I love it. And Madison, Love on Madison Island is going to be a series. Do you know how many books are going to be in it? There are only three books planned as of right now. So the first book is Renovation of Love. The next book due to come out is in June, which is Heat of Love, and it follows Regina, who you meet in book one, because you meet all the friends in the first book. But you, Regina, who is the friend in book one, her book is next, and it comes in June. It's Heat of Love, and she um, is the bakery owner. She owns the bakery in town, and she's going to be paired up with a sexy, youngish, younger firefighter. And then the last book is going to be Mechanics of Love, and it's going to follow Irene, who's the third friend, who's only been on page so far via, like, phone calls because she lives out of state. But she's also moving back to town to take over her family's medical practice, and she'll oh. be falling in love with the, um, the town mechanic. Oh, I love it. 
And I ha- I have to ask because I I love these new book series that are coming out where it circles around the women instead of because I write paranormal so a lot of times it's the wolf pack or the you know the motorcycle vampires or whatever and it's always the men who is the circle and then they fall in love and bring in women but I have one series where it's the circle of friends of women and that really is my favorite did you have fun playing with that with the with the circle of friends and their women I did so in all of my other books, I try and have, like, a female friendship thing going somewhere in the story if I can, because I like seeing that, you know, yes, the women are there and they fall in love and they have their guys, but you also have to have, like, your girl time. So I always try right. and have a friend or some sort of friend aspect to my leading ladies. My dudes sometimes get, you know, left out. <laughs> Not too often, but sometimes. But I do focus on the the ladies and i think it stems from like you know a lot of times society tries to pit women against each other and things of that nature is i want to show people being supportive of each other and like not the same jealousy and even if they're leading different paths in life they support their other female friends and just sort of uplifting and giving hard truths when needed and just giving a shoulder to cry on at other times and everything in between yeah i love that and what inspired this series? Because you live in Georgia, but for the people who don't live in Georgia, you made up this, this Madison Island, right? Um, what what inspired you to make a small town? Well, I had never written a small town romance before, so I wanted to try my hand at that. And then when I started thinking about what I wanted and how I wanted to do it, like, yes, there's plenty of small towns actually in Georgia that I could have pulled from, but... I was like, why not also attempt to make up my first city on my own? Because my other books that are set in Georgia and even the three books that I have that are set in Arizona, they're all set in, like, the city. So, like, Atlanta or Phoenix or whatever. So I was like, this time around, I figured I could give myself more liberties with the town and how I wanted to envision how things worked by making up one. So I took the idea of Savannah and Tybee Island and sort of mushed them together of a way. Love it. And then mm-hmm. created Madison out of that. So it's a small coastal town that has a beach and water. Little behind the scenes. Little behind the scenes. When Mika was working on this book and realized she had an island with no water, we were all circling around trying to help her out. They could have a beach. Well, well, I had water, but it was just marshland. I focused more on, like, the marshland and that kind of thing. Because, like, some marshes can, like, when you look out, and even though it's kind of weird sometimes, it can be pretty. And so I focused on marshes more than beaches. That probably also stands. I'm not a beach fan myself, but it's okay. Right. I made it work. You did. That's where you I did. To do because I wanted to have a little bit more control over how I envision things happening in the town. And so making up a place seems to be the way to go this time around. Yeah, that's so fun. And why did you pick second chance romance? Well, same, I, like, I hadn't done that one yet either. Um, you know, romance. There's a lot you can do with romance, but at the core, it's the same basic, you know, handful of 20 or so tropes. And then you just right. try to mix and match them. 
and to, you know, mix them up to make them your own so that they feel unique to you and the story you're telling and the characters. And when I think about the books I've written, I've done more, like, you know, friends to lovers in that aspect, and I kind of like that, but I hadn't quite, hadn't done a second chance before. And so it's always good to try new things and, you know, attempt to, like, expand your writing muscle and all that kind of stuff. So I did that by picking a second chance romance and to see how it would go and how I could build on that and sort of figure it out and make it my own for my characters and the story that they were telling. So right. Because why not? Right. Why not try it? And it's funny. I, I, have tried second chance romance also and I was shocked when I was writing it that it was so much angst and because I didn't realize when I started out that you have all this baggage from the first time you were together and the first time you broke up and so it was so much more emotional than what I had realized you know when I started out I innocently thought oh this will be easy because they already know each other (laughs) <laughs> then the exactly. characters got on the page, and I'm like, "What happened? <laughs> Did you have that same well, experience?" I'm not the only one who felt that way because, yeah, <laughs> I was the same way. I was like, "Wait, what? What is happening?" <laughs> right, right. No one is more surprised than me when I put these characters down, and they're like, "Hey, it's him." I'm like, "Wait, what? <laughs> was a bad breakup? What?" <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I, I, I feel you on that because. Yeah, when you um, when I did it, and I was just like, oh wait, there's a whole history I have to talk about on top of the new rekindling of this romance. Seriously, I got <laughs> so yeah, right. It, it's it hard. Something. Second chance is hard work. Yeah, but are you happy with it? Was it was it worth it all in the end? I am happy with it. I had a lot of help along the way because you know there's some things I forgot about and didn't take into account, but it's okay. Just <laughs> <laughs> work it out a little bit, you know, you know, forgetting some of those firsthand things. But that's why I have this lovely group, word makers, who reminded me, hey, how was their first kiss? At least I think you were one who brought that one up. Like, wait, yeah. I'm supposed to talk yeah, about that? Yeah, that was, yeah, that was my favorite. What was her first kiss? And Mika said, what first kiss? Um <laughs> But they totally have one in the book now, so don't worry. They totally do, yes. I went back and added in their thoughts of their first kiss and their first other things together. So, <laughs> their other first I, times. Their other first times. I um, I did make an adjustment and add those things in. So, yes, at the end of the day, I think now knowing what I know about Second Chance, I wouldn't say I wouldn't write it again, but it is, like you said, way angsty than you expect, especially depending on why they broke up for the first time. But now that I know when I go, if I go back and do another one, I know I have to factor in all these other aspects that I really didn't think about. Because I looked at it like, okay, so this is sort of like a friend to lover. They already knew each other and they're just starting a new relationship. (laughs) And now I'm like, no, it's not that. <laughs> so yes, it is much more angsty. <laughs> yes. But I think that's why the readers love second chance romance because they like to see how, you know, how did it unfold the first time and how will it be different this time and you know, how have they changed so that it'll work out the second time. So 
So it's fun right. to it's fun to read, but it is a challenge to write. Yes. So what are your favorite you write all contemporary romance, right? So what are your favorite tropes to write? Um, I don't know if I have a favorite. Like I said, I think I have leaned into the second not second chance. Clearly not. I've leaned into the friends to lovers or and or best friend sibling. Those because oh, like you said, you already have that foundation there. And so in your build because I look at best friend sibling and friends lovers as kind of similar because if you were friends with your if that friend was around while they were hanging out with your sibling, you kind of interact with them at some point. So you already have that foundation there to build on. So I like those two aspects because you have you have that and for a relationship to work you have to, you know, like the person and if you're friends with them, you clearly like them. So it just sort of it helps and for you grow with those feelings. And right, right. What else do I like? I've written one, what I call an established romance, which is the couple is already together and they're just sort of re-figuring out why they were in love all those years ago. I've only written one, but I do want to write more of those because I like that aspect too of exploring what happens with the romance after they've been together for 10, 15, 20 years. How's that right. and then, well, and I was going to ask you too about about the writing like they call it seasoned romance. That's a really nice way of putting it, um, where yeah. you have older characters falling in love. And and is it, what drew you to write that? Are you excited about writing more of those? I am. Well, with this series, you know, I guess I would be considered seasoned. Right, right. We're so seasoned. Um, So I figure, you know, just because you're of a certain age doesn't necessarily mean you always have your life together. And you also could, depending on work, past relationships, different things, you may not have found your happily ever after yet. And writing more mature or older characters who are finding love later in life, it explores that aspect just because, you know, my character is 40. She was let go from her job. She had to move back home. She was was essentially starting over, even though she's lived all this life experience, she still had to sort of start over. And so writing older characters explores that. You don't necessarily, anything can happen at any given time, which puts you sort of back at a square one, not as far back as some, but at the same time, that doesn't mean, hey, you're 40 years old. You should already know how to do this, 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 or this, or you should have already had these relationships or whatever. No. Right. And it just proves that you can have new love, and because I write erotic and contemporary steamy romance, steamy sex, and you're not, like, just closing the doors and turning the lights off and just, Removing all the necessary clothing to get busy. It can still be fun, new, exciting, and hot. And so I wanted yes. to showcase that. I love that. Thank you for doing that. I think I I think that is very true. And I also love that 
um, you can sometimes remake yourself because we make choices when we're 20 of what our career is going to be. And I think a lot of people get sucked into that. And then when they're 40, they're like, wait, whoa, where'd my life go? You know? And so there are a lot of people who are starting over and who maybe had all their focus on work and not on love and, you know, are now waking up 40 and going, Hey, I, I'd like to travel with someone, um, you know, so I think that it's not, I think we set unrealistic standards when all the books are about somebody in their twenties, you know, I think they're there. You are not done living once you turn 30 years old, right? Exactly. Yeah. There's still much more, much more to tell. So when you were writing Renovation of Love, I know you're you're a pantser, right? Like me, you don't plot out your whole book ahead of time. Right. Right. So what so what was your biggest surprise when you were writing Renovation of Love? Because that's my favorite part is when I'm writing the book and then it takes a right turn and I'm like, wait, what? Whoa. That's always very exciting for me and gets me back to the keyboard to write more. So what what was your biggest surprise when you were writing this one? What was my biggest surprise with this one? Um, with renovation, it was probably the one I went into with the most concrete idea of kind of what I wanted, even though it wasn't planned out. Like I knew, already knew why she had left, and I knew how he was he was going to be divorced and all of that. But I think one of the biggest surprises was um, as I was writing it towards the end, I have an issue. Cynthia and her parents have a strained relationship and most times those things happen it's definitely mother and daughters who will really butt heads which is what I showcase in the book and dad was sort of always off page but then as I was writing towards the end he showed up and I was just oh. like what is he doing here <laughs> I was like why are you here what are you doing <laughs> he said he and said let me talk Right. And it wasn't even like a long scene or like it didn't take up much on page time, but it was just seeing like you had seen Cynthia interact with her mom and other people in town and you'd heard about her father, but you hadn't seen how the two of them even interacted. So even though he wasn't there on page a lot other than this one scene, when he showed up, it was sort of like a, whoa, like she didn't expect to see him there. I didn't expect to see him there, and we're just like, okay, well, I guess he's here now. Let's figure out a name. <laughs> let's, let's go with it. I guess you get a name now, sir. <laughs> he does, because before it was just, you know, my dad, or uh, when you'd have Marcel talk about it, he was always just sort of Mr. Marshall or whatever. I didn't. He never had, like, a first name, so I was just like, oh, guess you need a name now. Great. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love that. It's ne- it's really exciting when your big surprise is a character you weren't expecting to have in the book shows up. That's exciting. Yes. I was just like, I was thinking he'd be like a off-page and talked about like in war terms. Like maybe he existed, right. maybe. But no, he showed up <laughs> to be a real live person. Wow, I love it. 
So I always ask everybody, readers are always really interested in your writing journey. Did you always want to be a writer? How did that all come together for you? I did not always be want to be a writer. Like, you know, as kids, you probably, everyone, I think at some point or another, maybe not everyone, some people would have written stories as a kid, made up stories, that kind of thing. And sure, I did that, but I never looked at it as like a career. I'm like, it was fun to make up little stories. And then I didn't really do anything with that because, you know, life, work, motherhood. Right. <laughs> and then, uh, as you read in my bio, I play The Sims. And so that's sort of what got me on this journey or sort of back to liking to make up stories. Right. Because I started writing, it's called Simlet. And so it's kind of like, not really fan fiction, but it's like, you know, fan fiction is like on a blog and that kind of thing. This right. is sort of similar to that, where you make up your own story, but you made up, it's not someone else's characters that you're using. You made up characters that coincide with the game, and you make up stories about sense. those characters and all that kind of stuff. So it's like an illustrated book of sorts, because you use pictures from the game to go on your blog and that kind of thing. And so that's what got me back into writing. I was writing um, stories. I discovered the world of writing stories to go with my sim games, because when you play, you have a story in your head anyway of like this guy, you know, he's moving to town, just graduated, whatever, so that kind of thing. I but love it. The word. And so that's what got me started. And then my first book was a spawn from my sim stories. And one of the readers um, and people I interacted with, her name was Jill. I cannot pronounce her last name, but the book is dedicated to her. Um, <laughs> Then he encouraged me. She was like, you know, this would probably make a really good actual book. And I was just like, no one's going to buy this. It's crazy. But then she encouraged me. And so I went through the process of trying to take it from, like, a sim world, which can be really fantastical because it's sims and you can do whatever the hell you want and logic doesn't really need to dictate, um, <laughs> into making it more <laughs> – it's great. But you have to make, make it more concrete and believable and more – real world, even though it's a fictional situation, if that makes sense. And so no, that totally what, makes sense. Yeah. So that's where I sort of ventured into writing again was through my love of playing Sims and making up stories for them and doing my blogs to now turning that into books where I have honed in on my craft and learned a lot. I'm always learning stuff to try and make it better and more, you know, I'm always trying to make it better. I always trying to improve my writing and do more with each book, if that makes sense. Right. Well, and when you when you finally wrote that full book, did you um, join writers groups? Did you find crit partners? How did you get it ready to be a book? How did you build your craft? Well, I was pretty much a lone wolf that first time around. I didn't have people. I didn't have the squad that I have now, so it was kind of lonely, but what I did have were my people that I knew through Sims, and so mm -hmm. I would just sort of lean on them more than anything to get um, to get it done, because like kind of like when you're dealing with writers and stuff, we all have extra backgrounds in different jobs that you don't know in the persona that you put forth. And that was the same thing with some of the people I played Sims with. And so some of them were like English majors and things like that. So they read and did the critique for me through that. Oh, that's great. 
And so that's mm-hmm. how I got it, um, got it ready to go. But, yeah, a lot of it was doing it and figuring it out on my own. Um, so I didn't really find a, a squad. for I didn't have a squad for that particular book. Most of it was, you know, these not ones who were deep in the writing world. I just had the people I met through playing the game. Yeah, yeah, who are willing to give you feedback. So that's – are there any other genres that you're dying to write besides contemporary steamy romance? Are there any others? You have a historical hidden in your drawer or a sci-fi no. or any other genres? No? Um, <laughs> that was going no. So I – historical requires a lot more research and dedication than I would want to put in, just being honest, because <laughs> – like, you have to, like, know the period and the history to make sure you get all those details mm-hmm. right. And I just, like, that's not that's not my cup of tea. Right. Sci-fi, like, I don't read sci-fi. I love to watch sci-fi movies, but, like, reading it is weird for me, so I probably wouldn't write that either. Paranormal, again, because I tried to do paranormal type things when I was doing Sims, and my paranormal people always ended up more human-like. My vampires, my werewolves, <laughs> I forget they have those abilities. They would just, I would forget <laughs> <laughs> they just become human. I, they basically become human, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you know what? He's a vampire. He might need to feed for <laughs> that kind of thing. Her starving vampire. So, basically. I know my, not my limitations, but I know my strengths, and that lies in the contemporary world and then working things out from there. And I leave those other things to people who can write them and understand them and don't forget that your vampire needs to feed or if it's a full moon, your wolf needs to shift, that kind of thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and as a paranormal author, I know sometimes I'm like, dang it, why does there have to be a full moon? Uh, why do they smell things? Exactly. Yeah, so. <laughs> That's the exact same thing. So I'm just like, I'm going to leave that to the experts in that area, and I'm just going to partake as a reader in that field. <laughs> so, um, I wanted to ask about, do you have go-to um, romance movies that always get little hearts over your head and inspire you to get back to the keyboard? I love to add to my movie list. Oddly enough, I don't watch a lot of romances. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't. I know. I am definitely more sci-fi. of a action. Right. Like, I love myself the alien movies. I will watch those. One of my favorite movies is V for Vendetta, which is sort of dystopian, whatever. And then Mm -hmm. I watch, like, Hitman. I like those movies. So I don't watch a lot of of romance movies. I'm trying to think of what's the romance that I did sort of. Yeah, I can't even think of one off the top of my head because I was going to say Under the Tuscan Sun, but that wasn't really a romance because it wasn't the same – like she wasn't with someone through the whole movie, and so not that right. one. But she does fall but in love at the end. That's probably the closest I got. Yeah, I mean she does fall you know, ever after at the end. She does, and she it's like a second chance and a refinding herself later in life. So that's kind of like your seasoned romance, right? It is, but like in terms of like genre movies, I think that would follow under like women's fiction more than like probably. romance because. You know, so yeah, I can't Probably. think of a actual. Well, let's see. Two lies is kind what about of a romance, my big fat Greek wedding? An action That's movie. 
Huh? I said maybe my big fat Greek wedding. That was a romance. I don't know that I I, I know of that movie, but I don't know that I've sat down and actually watched that movie. Oh, okay. Okay. But I have watched um, True Lies with Jamie Lee Curtis and um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And that You're one is right. a married couple. And it's actually, and they stay together the whole movie. So that could be kind of a romance. Like a it rekindling could be. of their relationship because they get excited yes. and all this kind of stuff. So there you go. Right, because they were bored. True lies. There we well, go. That's a, and that seems like a very Mika kind of movie there. Second second exactly. chance later in life, they are getting and rekindling their romance. Yes, and has all the action. And shooting people. It's great. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's very Mika. I like it. <laughs> so um, we're quickly running out of time here, but I wanted to ask you one other thing. So if you had um, other other jobs that you would do besides writing, what what do you like to do? Or what did you do before you were writing full-time? Um, I've done a couple of things. So I do real estate. So I am a realtor. I oh, okay, cool. work part time for Live Nation. So I get to see concerts for free. Not all of them are good, but <gasps> whatever. And then <laughs> I used to work for Verizon Wireless um, for a lot of years as well. Oh, okay. Well, I, I bet you would be a super fun realtor. So if you're in Georgia, look Mika up because that yes. would be fun. <laughs> House shopping with an author would be great. Do you come up with backstories for every house that you see? I mean, only if they're creepy. I'm like, this definitely looks like a murder house. (laughs) (laughs) You go on your tours with other agents. Nope, murder house. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, um, you just had a new book out. How can readers get in touch with you? Are you on Facebook or Twitter, or how do you connect with readers on your newsletter? How should they find you? Yes, I have a newsletter. I have a website. I am on Twitter, most active there, and I am on Instagram, and I'm a Casey on Facebook, but if you really want to find me, Twitter is going to be the best way, or my website, which is linked in the, on the page. Oh, perfect. So everybody, click on Mika's website and get connected there. And thank you so much for being on. It was great to have you. Thanks Thanks. for joining us on Book Lights. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers.